A 5 a.m. fitness class at a rural church in Midlothian, Texas, where boot camp participants gathered to work towards finding the version of themselves they always dreamed of being. But what they would actually find in that house of worship on a rainy morning in 2016 was their worst nightmare. This is the case of Missy Beavers. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of Crime Cave. I'm Christy, and today's case is unsolved. It's been seven and a half years, and investigators seem to be no closer to finding the suspect than they were in 2016. The reward for viable information for this case has increased to $150,000 and still nothing. I wanted to cover this case not only to honor Missy and her family, but possibly reach someone out there listening who may know something. So let's get to know Missy Beavers. Terry Leanne Strickland, she went by Missy, was born on August 9, 1970, in the small town of Graham, Texas. She was the middle child between older brother Clifford and younger brother Clint. Her parents, James and Norma, raised their family in the even smaller town of Jacksboro. Missy was described as fun-loving, selfless, self-motivated, and charismatic. A very spiritual person, Missy loved the ocean, and she lived out her life with passion. Her friends would say she never met a stranger. After graduating high school in 1988, she moved around a bit to a couple different colleges before landing on Tarleton State University, where she earned her Bachelor of Science degree in 1995. Without a solid plan yet as to what she wanted to do, she worked retail for a few years while she figured out her next chapter. It was during this time that she met her future husband, Brandon Beavers. By all accounts, her relationship with Brandon seemed to have a positive impact on her life, and the two married on June 20th, 1998. With a renewed sense of direction, Missy decided to go back to school for her teaching certificate, and she began working as a special education teacher. She enjoyed her work immensely and treated her students like they were her own. It wouldn't be long, though, before she did have her own, as Missy and Brandon were blessed with three daughters. Hannah, born in 2001, Allie in 2003, and finally Sarah in 2006. The couple raised their young family in Red Oak, Texas, 20 miles south of Dallas. Upon becoming a mom, Missy had made the decision to resign from her beloved teaching career so she could stay at home with her girls. After experiencing the typical physical challenges many women face after giving birth, Missy began a life-changing fitness journey by making health and wellness a priority not only for her family, but for herself. She reached her ultimate weight goal and in her 40s was in the best shape of her life. If you Google photos of Missy, you'll likely see her in colorful sports attire, showcasing her impressive, lean, yet muscular physique that she worked incredibly hard to attain. Missy's transformation was so pivotal that she decided to use her experience to help others improve their lives through fitness as well. She became a certified personal trainer, first for Anytime Fitness, and finally for Camp Gladiator, a fitness company originated in Austin that offered boot camp style workouts for men and women held in parking lots, churches, and football fields. 
By 2016, 45-year-old Missy reveled in giving her all to inspire others to get fit and reach their optimum health and had developed a large social media presence. Her first-hand experience with postpartum weight struggles, mixed with her teaching experience and zest for life, made her job at Camp Gladiator a perfect fit. On Monday, April 18, 2016, Missy was scheduled to teach a 5 a.m. workout in the parking lot of Creekside Church in Midlothian, Texas, about 20 minutes away from her home. The evening prior, when the forecast called for rain, Missy made a public Facebook post. If it's raining, we're still training. At 3.30 a.m., her alarm went off and she got ready for her day. But unbeknownst to Missy, while she was on her way, someone else had arrived at the church even earlier. At 5.06 a.m., Midlothian police received a 911 call from the church reporting a woman found unresponsive with multiple puncture wounds to her head and chest. It was Missy Beavers. She was found by two of her boot campers when they arrived for the 5 a.m. class. First responders arrived, and despite attempts to save her, Missy died at the scene. Broken glass was strewn throughout the hallways. A large hammer was located near her body, along with other tools from the church. And there were signs that Missy put up a hell of a fight. Police immediately began their investigation into this brutal and unlikely crime and Missy's family was informed of the tragedy. Her husband, Brandon, was in Mississippi on a fishing trip when he got a call from one of Missy's students. He was told that there'd been a robbery at the church and that Missy was no longer with us. For the eight agonizing hours it took for him to get back home, Brandon was stuck in a car, alone with his thoughts. The campers that discovered Missy's body were quickly cleared and investigators turned their attention toward video surveillance. The church's outdoor cameras weren't working at the time of Missy's murder, but the interior cameras were. Here's what they found. At 3.50 a.m. on the morning of Missy's murder, someone had broken into a side door of the church and was roaming the hallways. This individual was wearing what looked to be a mock SWAT costume, complete with a black vest, helmet, tactical gear and clutching what appeared to be a hammer or mallet and leisurely went from room to room lazily swinging the weapon at each door the suspect would open each door peek inside and move on there was absolutely no sense of urgency no sense of needing to lie in wait and nothing taken from the church missy's injuries were consistent with the tools the suspect was seen carrying throughout the building Reports of this individual's height varied, anywhere from 5'2 to 5'8. But something that stood out to investigators was the suspect's gait, a very specific and peculiar way of walking. At times, it was described as a duck walk, with one foot protruding towards the side or as if this individual had a leg injury of some sort. Although initial reports referred to the suspect as male, Authorities later backed away from that assertion and said that they weren't sure of the suspect's gender. Further inspection of the video bolstered the possible theory that this could indeed be a female 
wearing a bulky costume and oversized shoes. Now, as expected during these types of cases, the spouse is always considered a suspect, and Brandon was under intense scrutiny. During the investigation, it was alleged that the couple experienced some financial issues and that Missy had had an extramarital affair in 2014. However, Brandon knew about the infidelity, and text messages between the couple indicated that they were committed to working it out. But activity on Missy's LinkedIn profile shortly before her death allegedly uncovered flirtatious correspondence between her and a married man. Now, I'm fully aware LinkedIn is a strange place for that to occur, but it turns out that Missy shared with a friend that she was also getting bizarre messages from LinkedIn from a man she didn't know, and she described the messages as creepy. While Brandon readily answered questions during news press conferences and surrounded by family, another theory unexpectedly formed. During one of the news segments, as Brandon's father, Randy Beavers, accompanied his son to the microphone, it was discovered that Randy displayed a very peculiar gait. One might even describe it as a duck walk. Additional suspicion was raised when it was discovered that Randy had dropped off a woman's white XXL long sleeve shirt to the cleaners a few days after Missy's death to have a large blood stain removed. Employees at the shop said it looked like someone had tried to remove the stain prior to bringing it in. But later, it was confirmed that it was not Missy's blood. In fact, it was not human blood at all. It belonged to a dog. When Randy Beavers, his wife, and their family pets arrived in Midlothian from their time in California upon learning of the murder, a dog fight erupted and their dog Yogi was killed by another family pet. When Missy's mother-in-law held her dying dog in her arms, it left a trail of blood on her shirt. With ironclad alibis, both Brandon and Randy Beavers were dismissed as suspects by law enforcement. Continued investigation of surveillance cameras throughout the rural community of Midlothian before and after Missy's death revealed what appeared to be a 2010 to 2012 Nissan Altima or Infiniti G37. A couple hours prior to the murder, the car had slowly snaked around the parking lot of a nearby business, SWFA Outdoors, which was a camping, hunting, and tactical supply store a half mile down the road from Creekside Church. The headlights were turned on and off several times and then finally drove away. Police have asked the driver of the vehicle to come in for questioning, but seven years later, they have yet to receive a response. Questions and speculations continue to abound regarding this case. But what we can do here in the crime cave is just examine some of the theories. Was this person simply a deranged individual wanting to wreak havoc? Whether simple burglary or murder. And Missy was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But absolutely nothing was taken from the church. It was a Monday, so likely the previous day's offerings from the church service were still in the office. Yet the money was untouched. Some speculated for a long time that this was a professional hit arranged by her husband Brandon as the spurned spouse or by her father-in-law Randy to avenge his son for Missy's infidelity. If so, there was no attempt to hide. There was no indication that the suspect was waiting for someone to show up. If we go with the idea that the suspect was female, was this the jealous wife of someone Missy was involved with at some point? 
Was it an unhinged individual who was envious of her transformation and killed her in a fit of jealous rage? Who was the strange LinkedIn guy that sent her the creepy messages? Her social media presence was public and far-reaching. It wouldn't be hard to figure out where Missy was and that she would be alone. In the last seven and a half years, Missy's family has been grieving and processing her loss. After her murder, Brandon states he was angry and went into defensive mode. He says that even though he knew he wasn't involved, others viewed him as the likely culprit in the small town. He went on to say, I've always walked a fairly straight line in my whole life. You know, I was a Boy Scout. I've never really strayed outside of what was expected of me socially, as a son or as a father or husband. So to be considered a suspect in your wife's murder through the interrogation and questioning process, it really, really put me in a dark place. Brandon still struggles with the way Missy has been portrayed by the media. Early on, the narrative that was crafted was that they were a couple with financial difficulties and marital infidelity. But let's be honest, it's not unusual to go through occasional financial hardship and complicated relationship issues. But when they're put under a microscope during a case like this, sometimes they are blown out of proportion. Right now, it's reported that Brandon comes across as a man who doesn't have the bandwidth anymore to care what others think about him. He says his first priority is his kids, and his second priority is the ongoing investigation. If you or someone you know has any information about the Missy Beavers case, you're encouraged to call the Midlothian Police Department Criminal Investigation Division at 972-775-7634 or Crime Stoppers of Ellis County at 972-937-PAYS. There's a $1,000 reward offered by Crime Stoppers and another independent reward of $150,000 for any information leading to an arrest and conviction. And now for today's listener question. Okay, today's question is from Tony, and she wants to know, do I ever attempt to contact the families or investigators when I do my research? That's a great question. Um, I have not reached out to investigators, although I am not opposed to doing that in the future. For a couple of upcoming cases I have on my list, there are a few family members that I intend to reach out to And I'm currently considering the best and most respectful way to do that. However, I have been contacted on social media by friends and family members of cases I've already covered. A family member from episode two, the Evans sisters, and a family friend from episode 10, the Samantha Josephson case, basically thanking me for putting the case out there and doing it in a respectful way, which was a huge relief because that's actually my number one priority while doing this podcast. But yes, I definitely intend to reach out to people close to the case for future episodes. Thanks for that question, Tony. Hey, everybody, it's Ray the Roadie. And this is Hollywood Mike with the Rock and Roll Chicago Podcast, coming to you from the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum on Route 66 in Joliet, Illinois, where once a week we are interviewing local musicians and singer-songwriters, and the podcast itself covers a wide range of topics, including 
but not limited to the history of rock and roll in Chicago, the current state of the scene, and the challenges and opportunities facing musicians today. So join us every Tuesday for a new exciting episode of the Rock and Roll Chicago podcast. Thanks for joining me. This episode of Crime Cave has been brought to you by Fortress Defense Consultants, providing security consulting for educational institutions, corporate facilities, and houses of worship, as well as pepper spray, situational awareness, and defensive firearms training for police and private citizens. Find Fortress on the web at fortressdefense.com. Contact Fortress directly at 708-522-8060 or email them at info at fortressdefense.com. Avoid being the subject of a future episode of Crime Cave. Train with Fortress today. Until next time.